Welcome to Cinema Bushido. This is episode 32, where we talk about the Sonny Chiba masterpiece, The Street Fighter, 1974, directed by Shigehiro Azawa. It follows the adventures of Takuma Tsurugi, known in the film as Terry! (laughs) Terry! As he kicks ass across Japan, in the streets, but also indoors quite a bit. Uh, with me today is the guacamole on my taco, Mr. Lee Van Cleef. How's it going, Lee? Hey, buddy. Every day is a holiday. How are you doing today? Are you in a wind tunnel? It's, uh, there's a, uh, a storm outside right now. Um, well, also with me is the tea with my biscuits, Mr. Steven Chen. How's it going, Steve? <laughs> that was, that was on my end. Uh, a lightning just struck behind me and, uh, I just, uh, shot my collar up and, uh, showed my fangs. Uh, I'm, I'm fine. I'm great. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. That's awesome. Uh, this episode, we have very special guests uh, joining us from my favorite podcast, definitively, One Good Thing. Uh, we have Paul Salt and Paul Goodman. How's it going, Pauls? Oh, very well. Thank very you. well. Thank you after that compliment. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Too nice. Is up more than a cup of tea. <laughs> yeah. No Thunderstrike either. Uh, no, it's it's true. I'm, I'm a big fan. As you as you guys know, I uh, I, I listen uh, the moment it, your, your podcast hits, and uh, I, I usually try to comment out on Twitter what I thought of it this way or that way. It's ah, good stuff. does make us feel Thank good. You. Thank you. All right. So ah. the Street Fighter. I love the Street Fighter. I think this movie is just zany, like unbelievably fun. Um, we're going to go round table uh, this episode. So I'm going to start with Paul Salt. What did you think of the Street Fighter? I did really enjoy the Street Fighter. I first saw it as a teenager when um, my life was sort of imbued with this sort of urge to try and consume as much sort of Japanese cult stuff as I possibly could and um, I haven't really watched it since those days but um, revisiting it it just reminded me of how bizarre some Japanese sort of horror and martial arts and the dark place where those two things intertwine um, uh, can be just the sort of extraordinary violence the um, extraordinary performances um, the incredible style um, yeah, it's just a very interesting little artifact of its time and sort of post-Bruce Lee mania action movies. Um, yeah, it was uh, really cool. And yeah. Sonny Chiba's just the best. That's awesome. I feel like uh, I watch a lot of um, Chinese Kung Fu movies. Uh, and mm. I felt like, you know, the Japanese with something like this, they're just trying to take it up a notch. They're like, eh, those guys <laughs> hit each other a lot. And there's, you know, this and that. I'm like, you know, we're going to go to town. Yeah, when Bruce Lee punches someone in the sternum, you get the impression it probably shattered. The, um, Street Fighter wants you to know that it shattered. <laughs> yeah. It wants you to hear it, see it, smell it. Really feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Live it. Oh, onto, onto you, Paul, Paul G. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you think? Is this a first watch for you, or is this that, something you were familiar with? Yeah, that was a first watch, and... Um, shamefully uh you know i was only made aware of it uh when we were discussing discussing what to watch i think i'd heard sonny chiba's name thrown around and obviously seen um kill bill but really knew nothing of it and i only wish that i'd have seen this before ever seeing kill bill so i could have really relished seeing him in you know west western cinema he's just the most explosive uh performer like you said, like Paul said, coming off the back of Bruce Lee, and uh, you know he's 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 there, he's mugging for the camera. Um, the, the 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 fights have the same sort of uh, like Wild West slash Samurai Showdown feel to them, where one punch is enough mm. to kill a man. And um, I mean, there's very little, there's very little like it. Um, 
and that you know along with the 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 comedy and the just <laughs> horrific violence um <laughs> in it um oh i mean it's it's just going to stick with me forever it's going to be in my dreams i think <laughs> shit that's on that was uh, perfectly timed i think that's a good 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 place to finish you know i'm in uh, i'm in 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 the cahoots with jesus so he brings my sound effects it's very good to be cutting us off with jesus power whenever <laughs> all right uh lee um I-, I wanted to ask you did you feel like uh sunny chiba was uh channeling his inner mifune uh well for me i'm in the, lo- the same boat with paul like i remember him from kill bill um but i i was completely unaware of the hilarity that was the street fighter in between the gorgeous violence i was laughing so hard and I was actually in a sober mind compelled to start making fart noises at some point because of the faces they constantly make. I love this movie. This movie is infinitely entertaining, and I and it was my first Bruce exploitation film, so I felt like I kind of lost my cherry. It was very special for me, um, and uh, I, I I would I recommend I would recommend it. Uh, I made Kellen watch it, and she loved it. We were cracking up. It's a good time. Yes. Nice. All right, well, Stephen, uh, round us out. Uh, was this your first time, or? Yes, this was definitely my my first viewing of the Street Fighter, and it's also my first uh, Sonny Chiba movie. And um, I, I I go with you guys about the the Tarantino thing. It, w- it would have been nice to have n- known this guy's work before watching Kill Bill, just to have been amazed in that moment of of seeing him in a Western movie, uh, because I believe he sort of fell into obscurity. At a certain point, it was doing stunt work and stunt coordination and that sort of thing. So it, it would have been that would have been nice. Um, I think that the Bruce Lee thing—it's kind of Bruce Lee on steroids. It's totally over the top. All of those noises that they make, like they're trying to sort of clear their throats and spit—you know, the, all that stuff is just totally wild. I think he is possibly the baddest anti-hero I've ever seen in a movie. Some of the <laughs> stuff he gets up to is unbelievable. Uh, you know, he's he's. Only he is basically the hero of the movie, but he's only in it for money or revenge, um, and you know he's constantly breaking down doors and kissing women against their will, selling yep. women into prostitution, you know, yeah. t- tearing he's body such a parts dickhead. off men. Yeah, <laughs> he's an awful man. <laughs> he's a bad guy. <laughs> oh, there's okay. a um, you guys shut your mouth when you talk film. about Bruce Rape. <laughs> there's there's a Kim Ki Duck film called Bad Guy right. where the whole point of the movie is that yeah. it's just about the worst human being on earth mm. um, as he sort of just completely ruins this woman's life and it, there were aspects of this and this of that in this yeah yeah that's a great point <laughs> I'm quite I love talking about Donald movie. Trump like that guys <laughs> <laughs> I mean he was uh, he's definitely Trumpesque at points he was kind of a I mean I, d- I never realised that well I know it's Tsurugi but as far as I'm concerned, Sonny Cheap was a demon. He's like a horrible, horrible yeah. demon. Mm. And, yeah, he <laughs> and here he comes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. Riding a horse of bones. <laughs> that he pulled out of other people. <laughs> <laughs> wielding, a, wielding a dismembered penis. Speaking of the scenes, we're going to go around um, again. I want to get the a. We're going to do two favorite scenes, so we're going to start with mm. what was your first, like, your ultimate scene in this. And uh, let's start with Leroy. Okay, was- buddy. So, the uh, Bruce Rape and Chim Chim the monkey are on the hot tail of uh, hot, hot Dreamy McPants. They're looking for her. And there's, like, this right. Mongolian-looking motherfucker that's massive. 
And when he takes this massive motherfucker down, he pokes him in the eyes, and there's, like, blood everywhere, right? And he's got him. And then, like, the guy falls down, and he smells his fingers like a monkey. And I'm just cracking up. And then he, like, wipes it on Chim Chim's shirt. And Chim Chim's like, the laundromat is closed! And I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> Fucking epic. That If you don't watch this movie for anything else, watch it for that. <laughs> yeah, and that had to have been something that Sonny Chiba just did, right? I mean, that didn't seem like it was directed. Hey, after you pull out <laughs> the fingers, I want you to give him a sniff. You know? It just seemed like he was so into it. Uh-huh. I mean, how often do you get to smell what I feels smells like? Sort of just out of context. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on to, on to Paul Salt. Uh, what is your number one favorite scene? So for these two scenes, I wanted to pick like an action scene and a non-action scene. So my action scene... Uh, the one which I feel best sort of... Uh, it's so hard to pick. The one I feel best exemplifies the sort of explosive action of just... Um, of Sonny Cheaper's muscles just sort of snapping into position and the camera just sort of whipping around. I think it's the scene where they try and get him in his home. He's at home. He's um, sort of exercising uh, or being ma- massaged by his assistant or just, you know, otherwise chillaxing after a busy day of um, kicking people in the face. When suddenly um, a bunch of people just bust into his place. And it's probably the simplest, both in terms of location and action. But it's also the sort of purest expression of the sort of Bruce Lee style, uh, but with karate moves uh, that he is going for. I, I especially enjoyed that. And I like the fact that his assistant, whose name is, I think, Magnus, is wearing sort of like Wonder Woman shorts. He's got the, that sort oh, of, yeah. he's got the like red and yellow uh, work, workout <laughs> outfit, which is hilarious. <laughs> and, and then, uh, and then uh, Terry says something like, uh, ah, you're, you're coming to get me because I know your secret. How mean and nasty of you. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, and then he, he punches that guy in the face and he spits all of his teeth out. Yep, yep, that's the teeth gag in the there. The teeth gag. And then he, he smears, just for no particular reason, he smears blood across his face, just like he's big, eaten the biggest jam sandwich in the world. He just smears it all across his face. And then you see him um, you see him trying to explain things to uh, the, the, the very attractive uh, Chinese lady who likes wearing a red red jacket and, and riding jobbers all the time. And he's, he's, mm. he's got no teeth, and he's like, who wish who's just so, so strong and so powerful? And he sort of sounds like uh, John Hurt playing the Elephant Man. And then uh, he, he, she says, you know, assassination or assassination or suicide, it's your choice. And yeah. uh, he runs off. I, I do want to just come in and say I really loved her. I tried to get her character name, but I couldn't see it, and I can't see it in the cast list, Fox but on. she is fantastic. Miss Yang. She's Fox on. And Stephen, that's why you're a number one man, right there. Thank you. <laughs> nice. Well, we're on to you, Stephen. Uh, what is your number one? There, there are so many to choose from. I've, I've written a, a really long list, and uh, anything you say, you're going to leave out something that's, that's pretty awesome. But I guess the one that I'm going to choose is my, my first choice, and I've sort of alluded to it already. Um, so Sarai, who is. Uh, essentially everyone's quarry in this movie she's a girl who who has or is uh, is bound to inherit a whole load of money and so people are trying to kidnap her and hold up a ransom and stuff and she's being held by the Yakuza and they put her in a sort of a cliff top uh, a building mm. and uh, Terry is climbing up to rescue her and uh this is the most atmospheric <laughs> edition of Cinema Bushido to date. It really is. Very I was going to shut the window. I'm like, no. <laughs> uh, well, you so, just imagine all the editing I'm going to have to do to cut that out. 
I think you should leave it in and you should pretend that we're the guys at the beginning of Rashomon sitting outside in the rain discussing, uh, right. discussing uh, this No, movie. it happened like this. I mean, it so, does kind of give the idea that we're all in the same room like yeah. real people. <laughs> This is quite nice. We're not real people. But it, no, but we want to be. We wish we were real people. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so she's being held in this uh, this building on the top of a cliff. And um, so there's a guy who's about to rape her. And we've seen him rape somebody, drug and rape somebody earlier on in the movie. And coincidentally, yeah. that somebody was sold into prostitution by Terry. Um, so he climbs up, uh, sees that Sarai, who he, he has a bit of a fancy for, um, is about to be raped. Uh, he beats the guy up a bit and then I'm not even sure if he does I think he just goes straight for the crotch shot grabs the guy by the crotch pulls down and just comes away with a handful of a ripped cloth and what quite clearly appears to be his penis and then the man immediately dies uh, (laughs) and then then he rescues her wouldn't you? yeah you would immediately die I wondered whether he was just playing dead and then when Terry's gone he'll try and retrieve his penis and put it in some ice and try and get it sewn back on um, oh, he'll get a robotic penis and come for revenge. Penis. That would be awesome. That would be like the ultimate Bond villain, or maybe Austin Powers villain. So yeah, and I, I thought that was the one moment of justice in the movie, because this guy is a really bad guy. We've seen him uh, begin to rape somebody earlier on in the movie, and now, instant and obvious karma, he has his penis torn off. Uh, critique, so I got a critique I like for that, that scene, is that he didn't smell his hand afterwards. <laughs> well, my critique... Or eat the penis. Or eat the penis. Either way. Peel it like yeah. a banana. Um, I, I, I would have liked it if there was if there was somebody else there and uh, Terry fought him with the man's penis. That that would have. Oh yeah. That would have. Oh. Or, or you know, as long as we could have continued to abuse rat nose, we just shove it into his mouth. Like, yeah. ha, 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 rat nose, no laundry. <laughs> now you've got a dick in your mouth. That's... You're my dearest friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I was. I like the Hannibal Erector angle the best. The best, you know, where he eats it. That'd be that'd be epic. Well, I would like to have said to Sarai. Uh, he could have said to Sarai, "I've just saved you from this," and then sort of thrown it out the window or something. <laughs> and, and I do take issue with um, whoever said eating it like a banana, because um, <laughs> you have because you have to peel it first. And uh, how dare you imply that man is uncircumcised? That's that's <laughs> but then malicious. She, tries to, she she looks at him and she says something like, "I'll do anything for you if you'll if you'll save me if you'll if you'll look after me." And she sort of like puts her hair behind her ear and oh. just leans forward and puckers. And uh, you know, earlier on in the movie, he he sort of tried to rape her himself. And she's the second woman mm. in this movie that he's broken down the door and tried to rape. You know, the first yeah. time he's laid eyes on her, he's tried to rape her. But the moment she actually wants to be kissed, he's like, ha ha ha, you sweet kid. No, 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 I'm not going to do that. I'll, you know, I'll look after you. Well, that's because. It was in the last half of his character arc, in which he, um, at some point, as a result of fighting a sort of tubby Japanese man, decided he wasn't going to assault <laughs> women anymore. And as this scene demonstrates, he was now going to um, combat that process, whereas before he was in a um, either uh, persecuting or um, supervisory um, <laughs> stance on that whole assault thing. Yeah, I'm not, thing. I, I, I wasn't sure about that. I, I can I can see where you take it from. He, he gets that there's that flashback when he's been beaten up by the, the overweight uh, the overweight karate guy. But I thought that was more of a, a rocky moment where he's been sort of knocked down and he draws strength and then comes back and, and fights <laughs> rather than it was like a moral awakening because all the guy says is be you know be be strong and be unbeatable and so he gets mm. up and gives it a bit more because he's still you never I, I was never really sure whether he was just you know, uh, still 
hunting this woman and and really <laughs> partly it's all about him just trying to get the money for himself and so I don't know but, but it I mean, is, is he trying to rape Sarai or is he just getting everyone's attention and I think it was attention a contrarian a tactical thing type then he could strike you know a I bit of a rogue. recidivist it's the second person he did it to within about 20 minutes yeah he's just showing how powerful he is like I don't think he wants to do I mean I would I would put out there that he and Ratnose are probably a thing because there's no other reason ah. for that relationship but then he is a little bit like Donald Trump, isn't he? Because Donald Trump went around uh, touching women's uh, vaginas, and that, that was a power trip. So absolutely, I think it is. Yeah, maybe no. it is a similar. There's a bit of uh, there's a bit of Holmes and Watson in there. There's a bit of uh, Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> All right, well, on to on to Paul Goodman. Give me your top favorite scene. Ah, well. It's it's really all about Sonny Chiba's performance for me when um, he's uh, taking down the brother and sister who have just revealed that they're not going to pay him for freeing um, freeing their their brother. Um, the whole scene when they're trying to intimidate him, he's just chomping on this apple, giving these big like big old bites and chewing with his mouth open, these big satisfied lip smacks, and he's just so menacing he's such a horrible bloke <laughs> and such it's a horrible bloke he is just so nasty and he, even even when he's just standing there talking to them and he's like leering through the through mouthfuls of apple even before he starts just really pummeling them <laughs> really like really harming these two people there's just something so mesmerizing and like just about how horrible he is in that in that moment that I was yeah, transfixed. And, I was on I mean, the edge of my seat. When he first punched the, the sister, I was like, "What the hell is going on here?" You know, like this is—he's hardcore. Terry doesn't discriminate. No, he doesn't care. <laughs> He'll punch anyone. You got a gram? He'll yeah, punch that out. was terrific. All right, well that leaves me, and I have a special one, um, and I'm glad that you guys didn't choose it because you know coming last there, like we talked about. But this scene, this movie, you said it, it has so many. I mean, we could go on and on with just what were the most awesome scenes all day. But there's a point where, for some reason, they decide that the best way to capture him and kill him is for a um, a tractor thing crane to pick up the car. And yes. take it to a cliff edge and drop it into this uh, storm drain. Well, there's a part, right? That, so all of that's just ridiculous. And it, it's, it is what it is. I'm, you know, you watch it and you just kind of shrug. But there's a part where he's about to be dropped and he realizes it. And he, he looks to Ratnose and he looks back and he just does the most badass, like, karate super pose. You know, he scrunched up his face like he did through the whole thing. And, like, the power of karate is going to stop him from dying when the, the car falls down. And as we all know, as a matter of fact, it did. In fact, it set him into such a rage. It led to what could easily have just been by themselves, multiple extra favorite awesome action scenes. Oh, God. And, and then you get the, the x-ray punch. Yeah. Uh, which is an amazing moment where he punches a guy in the head and you punches him so hard oh. that uh, his skull appears <laughs> and, his, and then his head explodes. Yeah, and the eye socket pops open as well. Yeah. Oh gosh, and that also leads into um, after, uh, immediately after the car crashes, it leads into this wonderful shot, which is from the perspective of Terry, with the two like cops or whoever they are or the mafia guys looking down into the car, and then all you see coming out from his perspective is a fist, and it, it just <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's it's wonderful. Oh yeah, that was the best. All right, yeah. well, so we're, we're full circle around. We're going to do this again, and this time we're going to start with Stephen. Number two favorite scene. Oh, 
I, I'm just going to be really greedy here. It, it, it's got to be the uh, climactic battle between uh, John Joe and Terry. So, so John Joe has fallen in with the Yakuza um, because the Yakuza, sort of the the uh, enemy of my enemy, is my friend. Because John, uh, because Terry sold John Joe's sister into prostitution and killed their brother. So, if anyone has a grudge, a legitimate reason to be angry with uh, Terry, it's uh, John Joe and his sister. So it's really atmospheric. It's rather like outside Lee's house at the moment. There's rain and thunder and all, all of that stuff. Japanese guys. There's Japanese guys probably banging on his window and waving swords and things. Yeah, they're, so they're, they're, they're fighting outside. Um, and the, the Yakuza boss, uh, whose name is uh, Dim Sao, although I thought his name was Dim Sum for quite a lot of the movie, but his name is Dim Sao. And uh, he, he basically says to these mob guys, because the Yakuza are in with the mob, he says, you have to let them fight. But if uh, if John Joe loses, I'll step in, and it looks like John Joe might lose. And one of the uh, mob guys uh, shoots uh, shoots Terry, and then sort of a code of honor thing, uh, Dim Sao cuts them up with his special blade, and uh, and then and and then it ends up with uh, with Terry and John Joe sort of tussling. Uh, excuse me, uh, uh, John uh, Terry and uh, John Joe's sister uh, Nisha tussling and she's holding on to him and she says you know stab him through me stab us together which yeah. john joe does and then uh, terry uh falls to the ground and starts having kind of a kind of fit and sarai uh, who is the girl who's been kidnapped who's protected protecting starts saying you know uh, terry you can't die you can't die and then john joe uh goes to punch him terry reaches up just tears his throat right out you know there's you, you can't put a good man down and uh, and then this amazing uh, just unbelievably demonic grin just spreads across his face this mm. great 70s you know <laughs> music comes on and then you know oh, he God. somehow manages to stand and he just staggers around and strikes this pose of victory and then it's the end of the movie <laughs> It's like, you know, you just yeah. can't beat this guy. You can stab him through the heart and shoot him, and he'll still tell you, tear your throat out and stand up in the rain and smile. And I'm sure, as you know, there are two sequels to this. Right. Yes. Mm. Plus a crossover. So, yeah, he's, he's pretty invulnerable. I'd like to say there are two sequels. I'd like to think that that decision was made after the success of this movie, and that within the logic of The Street Fighter, the movie that was made just on its own, as written by um, Mr. Takeda uh, and um, Tori, um, he would die shortly after that scene. Like, in my head, that just works. That he, They helped him to his feet, the movie ends... But he's a dead man on his feet, basically, is how I like to think of it. But then they on that to make future movies. But then could he not just be... You see, the thing is, they could make a sequel, but he'd sort of be in a wheelchair with some breathing apparatus. <laughs> but he'd still be able to tear people's throats out if they came close enough. Mm. So that would it's be... Cool yeah. wheelchair spins. Cool, cool wheelchair spins, yeah. <laughs> well, the one really confusing thing about that, and I don't know what the thinking was, right? Because that's it's history at this point. But they were all the same year. Oh, all, really? all three movies. So oh, I, wow. I would have to think, just from a production standpoint, they had to just keep filming after this was done. Like, all right, let's I keep guess, going. Yeah. yeah. Same director. Yeah. Yeah. Same director. It's like Lord months. of the Rings in that respect. It was uh, <laughs> right. the biggest cinematic undertaking to come out of Japan of all time. You shall not pass. <laughs> it's just as good. Oh, all right, we're on to favorite scene number two with Lee. Oh, uh, mine's um, when. Uh, Bruce Rape, he's already lost Jim. Jim's dead, and he's going to get Dreamy McHotpants, who has that really flat hair, by the way. I was like, what the fuck's wrong? Tease that shit. And then um, 
he's he's uh, he's almost to that epic scene that Stephen so greedily mentioned, and um, he's uh, he's fucked. He's he's fucked, and he's he's pushed over a ledge, and he's got this guy with a knife who's trying to do him dirty, and um, he drops down, grabs the guy by the ankle. And then he maneuvers his legs around the guy's torso and throws him down. And the guy's falling, and it's a shitty falling scene. And then when his, like, dummy lands, it's, like, all the fake blood that they had left in production they needed to use. And they used it right there. like, splatter. And I was like, yeah! Go! I was just cracking up. That, that was epic. After that, I was like, this movie can do no wrong. Even though the scene with Crocodile Dundee... When like he's like inheriting the yakuza thing, I was like, "Wait, that's the ending." I was that didn't make any sense, but it, this is beautiful. He was like, "That's not a knife. <laughs> this is a knife." <laughs> I like, All right, I like, I like the falling effect in the movie where it, it's just really good the way they've they've shot them from the waist up, and then you see the background flying down behind them. Yeah, I, I, I like that, that too. stuff. Was uh, really awesome. Yeah. And, and the other thing I liked is the costumes as well. There are some ridiculous costumes in this movie. Oh, man. I, I like the fact that the bad guy is wearing sort of gold lame and he's got like these crazy, really stylish shirts. I, that, that, I don't know. That, not that I would ever dress like that, but that really appealed to me. <laughs> you sure? Because... Well, you can't see me. I'm not going to judge. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I fully support He's literally this. dressed like that right now. He's just <laughs> like shaking his head. Domo arigato, Steven Sutton. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with a little flourish <laughs> it was a, it was a little it was a lot of flourish <laughs> yeah, it flourish. certainly was all right on to favorite scene number two with paul goodman uh this was a difficult one because i had to choose between basically every moment of extreme violence or 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 this the one i actually went with and as much as i like the bit when he punches someone so hard in the gut that they vomit and we get a slow motion shot of the chunks coming over his teeth <laughs> it's it's the it's the penultimate scene where he's ascending the the the, the building, um, taking out the you know members of the mafia. He's working his way at the building. It's got a f- kind of a, a raidy feel to it when he's just going upstairs, taking out people, continuing, and he gets to the top. And there's this moment when he jumps onto this uh, ledge at the very top of this staircase to take out a couple of guys, and the camera falls to one side oh yeah and and i was so into it that i moved with it i, I craned my neck <laughs> to, to to sort of stop myself from also falling over the over the ledge um and then when he just after that he then pursues the female mafia boss into that um into that final room just as she falls over the sofa and he he does he fire a gun um through it or no he walks over and he murders her behind the sofa but the, the camera kind That's of it, yeah camera comes in over the shoulder and it's like pursuing the pursuing the woman kind of like a beast and that whole that whole <laughs> sequence is just i mean it just it just sums up just the you know the lethal merciless bastard that, <laughs> that terry is uh it's just fantastic yeah i i i felt like the title of this movie should be something like get the bastard Every, everyone's called mm-hmm. calling him a bastard throughout this movie yeah. That that's rightly so, that, and rightly so. He is, <laughs> yeah. he is an incredible bastard. It should be called the Incredible Bastard or something like that. <laughs> Definitely a bastard. I think Definitely a bastard. <laughs> but but the that, original that... title was actually Clash Killer Fist. That's the Japanese yes. translation. Yeah, so, that would have been awesome. I, yeah, I thought you were going to say Clash title. of the Bastards or something like that. But <laughs> but uh, I, that that the sequence that you mentioned is I, I really like that as well, and I like the fact that they 
although it's a really violent movie and it's very much no holds barred, they have that just moment of discretion where she falls behind the sofa so you don't actually see her getting killed. I thought that was, mm. uh, it was, uh, it was a, a nice moment of restraint in a movie that's completely, uh, you know, com- completely no holds barred. And I, I'm sure Matthew would have felt this way as well, that she's the, one of the few characters in the movie that has a gun. And I know Matthew doesn't mm. like people who bring guns to a knife fight. It's the, the cowardly oh, right. villain who, who has you the gun. You know, it's exactly, you've got me down. That's exactly what I thought of at that moment. I'm like, mm. shit, it's like the ultimate, you know, cheat. Mm. <laughs> I'm doing the wank sign right now. I'm like, this is... Now I, I was going to ask you guys, who was the hottest female character in this movie? Was there any dispute about that? Between the sister, you know, fox hunt lady, and Dreamy McCockpants with the flat hair? Well, I don't know who Dreamy McCockpants uh, is. mean the female mafia? The rich lady boss. and the female, uh, the okay. female well, boss I, lady and then the I sister. I didn't realize that was... Okay, I didn't. I didn't realize that was her name. I haven't read the yeah, cast list. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I googled it. Um, I'm sorry. Googled it. Yeah. Uh, although I'm gonna. I, I don't know what'll happen if I Google search "dreamy cock pants." I'm not sure the show. I wouldn't up. recommend it. <laughs> no. Someone might come and take my computer away. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, the the for me it's uh, the the girl in the red coat uh, with the jumpers mm. and the gun. And she's just so domineering, yes. isn't she, in that moment when she's... Yeah, she's you. really powerful, and she's, yeah. she, it might be a coward's way out to bring a gun to a kung fu fight, but she's a badass with that thing. Yeah. And she just keeps killing that guy with the notif. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dead, that poor no, bastard. going to keep killing him She forever. shoots him from about three different angles. <laughs> All right, well, full circle back to Paul Salt. Uh, what was your ah. number one? Or number two favorite scene, excuse me. Okay, so my... I, I have a really a, a subplot that I'm very fond of in um, in this movie, and that is the idea of the brother sister revenge team. Um, and I think uh, so. I was trying to think of, like the scene that best um, embodied that the um, uh, Shikinbaru um, revenge siblinghood. Um, I think just I really like the scene where they do try to attack him in his um, house. I, I was really relieved at the scene where um, uh, Jinjo finds her uh finds nachi and i was like oh thank god that story isn't just over there <laughs> it didn't just end with um oh yeah she was a slave forever i guess um it's like he finds her makes a deal with that guy that they're gonna let her go and then although well, there's, there's a slight taken aspect with that when it's like what about the girls who are in there who didn't have a brother who came and like did awesome kung fu but um they go they attack terry in his place she's fighting he's fighting you know it's really cool and just for a moment i was kind of like yeah, get him. <laughs> you know, you, deser- you get, deserve this. Get that bastard. But then, then he just jumps out of a window, thereby experiencing the same fate as their fallen brother, Legion. <laughs> but um, successfully this time, because there happened to be a flatbed truck beneath them, <laughs> driven by um, Ratnose. That was just so sad. Him doing the flying kick. You know, he probably practiced that kick his whole life. Aww. He's just like, yes, I'm finally going to use it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I regret nothing. <laughs> I regret nothing. <laughs> it's the it's the tale that you first learned is that you got to look not what you're shooting at, but look what you're shooting. What's behind what you're shooting at, right? Because you don't want to hit somebody. I shoot. That's behind that person. So you know mm-hmm. he's like, oh, I got this kick, and it's like, well, think about it, dumbass. Like think about Red from <laughs> that '70s show, being like, dumbass. All right. Well, nobody brought this one up, which is it's it's like it was left for me, and uh, I think it's appropriate because I would have to say it was so so surprising to that that you get to like connect these together. But we had Zadoichi in there, and I was like, yes, and it was just so ridiculous 
rat nose trying to ride at him with a motorcycle. Like, so so Ichi could have just killed him right there, and he didn't for some reason. He just steps out of the way, and he lets rat nose kind of recoup on the motorbike and come at him again. Then he's just like, you could see it on his face. He's like, what the fuck? So he's, you know, slashes him. Anyway, I just love that they, they did give a little... Uh, a little homage off to uh, you know what what is what is essentially, I think without even debate, the most famous character from Japanese pop culture. I was so pissed. I was just yelling at the TV. I was like, "Your nose, Zatoichi!" I was just well, no, it wasn't really Zatoichi, but yeah, it's just you know they were just showing some respect. They give him a line to ask about what's going on and who. Uh, you know, uh, Crocodile Dundee, what's going on with their nefarious shit. And he's like, I don't know. Oh, my. I'm like, dude, Zatoichi would have played a great line. He would have said something remarkable and beautiful and poignant. Well, this, then this would have been a Zatoichi movie, and he would have killed everybody. I mean, it, either that that's what this movie needed. This was a stage for Terry. I'm sorry. Terry! <laughs> There's a part where um, Ratnose is, is yelling. Um, he's yelling to Terry when they have him, like, strapped to that tree, and they're beating on him and it sounds like he's yelling daddy it's just daddy it sounds so <laughs> sad all right well so we're gonna we're gonna do another circle and this time um i know the answer to this so i don't know but i'm gonna extend it a little bit i was gonna ask in the beginning would you recommend this um you know just kind of give me your your feels on it but i want to know uh, do you plan if you haven't do you plan to go ahead and watch uh the rest of the series and and maybe even jump over into uh sister street fighter so i'll start with you paul goodman uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I've been on, uh, thanks to the help of Paul and yourself, actually, uh, going from your uh, episode list, I've been getting, starting to sort of make headway into the um, the crazy world of uh, like 70s Asian uh, martial arts movies. <laughs> and uh, I feel I'm on a bit of a roll at the moment. Um, this one, really, I mean, it just it just pulls you along. You don't have to do anything or uh, or even think too much it just grabs a hold of you by the lapels and just drags you down the the wormhole with it um it was it was really funny it was just like horrifically violent at times um i would have been happier with less rape I think we'd all be yeah. happier with less rape. i i would have um <laughs> if if anything i'd have preferred i'd have preferred um, for the uh, mafia lady to be killed on screen and to have the rape hinted at, not uh, yeah. not 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 you know almost realised on screen, but um, <laughs> it was it was just a, an explosion of a film. And uh, afterwards, after watching the movie, we did watch uh, the trailers for the next two. They happen to yeah. be on the DVD that Paul owns, and uh, fuck me, I mean. <laughs> yeah well it's interesting what you're bringing up and we talked about this uh via twitter but um you watched lone wolf and cub number one right i did yes yeah, yeah. and if you remember that has also had that um that rape that yeah. was the, what steven had brought up uh during our podcast on that of of him saying to his buddy he's like you you killed her with that big fat cock of yours or whatever yeah <laughs> i mean it was i mean i'm fairly familiar with japanese um movies of the 1970s and you've got stuff like hanzo the razor yeah which um i mean if we're getting rapey then it's mm. it's very problematic it's something you kind of have to get through he but, trains his penis so he can rape people and that's yes. how he like coerces them to tell the truth yes it's oh an boy. interrogation technique yeah that sounds marvelous 
it's it's some. Um, <laughs> well, I have them. I'm yeah. I'm not. I I don't want to come across as uh, queasy and thinking. You know, saying yeah, saying that oh, you know, rape doesn't belong in cinema, but it's um. There's a there's a there's, fun there's a, there's a time for it. Yeah, when it's uh, <laughs> it has it's it's a it's a it's an easy thing to use, and it and uh, it shouldn't be so easy. I feel like Game of Thrones has legitimized it a bit, right? But uh, but uh, you can probably think of like better ways of telling a story than just yeah. putting a rape in. But yeah, uh, I think when we talked about Lone Wolf and Cub, I brought that up. That I just read this article from um, some some female. Um, some woman it's just saying it's not up to men to throw rape into like everything as the as the device to make people angry like it's just not fair like leave that to to women when women make films if they feel like that's part of their story they can throw that in but it's just such a convenience in in a lot of japanese cinema just be like well that shows how evil they are because they're rapers Yeah. yeah Yeah, but that sounds sexist because you're saying that only one sex can do one thing. You're judging by sex rather oh, than... Oh, we're talking about women rape. Yeah, no, man rape. That's a completely so different So basically, thing. we're left with the man rape. We're allowed yeah. to do as much man rape as we like. <laughs> Both of which could do with more representation. In the yeah, absolutely. So in other words, what we could do is have bad guys, and to prove that they're bad guys, we could have them rape each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. See, that would have been... That should have happened in Tango and Cash. Those two, you know... <laughs> raping each other in the prison, and then they get out and they just show how badass they are. We're on to you, Stephen. Uh, same thing. Are you planned to finish watching the series and head on to Sister, or was this kind of a... You've had your fill. And... Oh, I would definitely watch more. Um, it's one of those things where you know what it's like. There are, there are so many movies to watch that it's very difficult to make your list and stick to it. And particularly when you do things like these podcasts and other podcasts, you end up sort of like cemented in to, to doing particular kinds of things. But I, I absolutely would watch it, yeah. I thought it was great. I thought it was exciting. It's, you know, it's less than 90 minutes. Um, there's just yeah. enough plot. There's intrigue. There's excitement. There's violence. I don't think there was rape. I think there was pre, pre-rape. pre I don't think we actually got rape. But uh, I, I know what you mean politically. It's it's a very cheap and easy thing to do to turn to turn people into bad guys. But it wasn't gratuitous. But yeah, it, it is... Um, it, it, it is a difficult question and a difficult thing to deal with in cinema, particularly sort of entertainment cinema. Um, but yeah, I, I would be down. I would definitely watch more of this. All right, Paul Salt. You've seen them all, haven't you? I have. I've seen the trilogy and I've seen Sister. Um, all great. Um, yeah, but I'm, I look forward to sort of seeing them again as I subject them to um, to the other pool. Uh, also on my disc, in addition to the trailers for... Um, uh, for the rest of the Street Fighter movies were other Sonny Chiba movies, including um, a series of films that I did watch as a kid, but I cannot remember them. And the trailers blew me away. Um, Yakuza Decker. There was a little series of movies, which I'm sure I watched in my sort of teen years, but the trailers were baffling. So I look forward to sort of um, exploring that. Yeah, I'll check that out. Um, yeah, I mean, he's got, you know, uh, like a hundred movies or something like that. Yep. Um, in particular, I liked... so. Takashi Miike redid uh, Bodyguard Kiba, but that was one of the first mm. ones I ever saw with him, and he was terrific, obviously. Oh, man. He, he was like the go-to. He just They just throw him in, you know? Hey, <laughs> Sonny Chiba's here, you know? <laughs> let's get yeah. him. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, uh, so let's finish this off, Lee. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally in. I, I'm just, I'll be disappointed if there's not, like, more debauchery and just, like, shameful and villainous behavior by Sonny Chiba. Were you disappointed by the lack of nudity? Because I can imagine yes, you wait. There's I all these. There's these pissed. three attractive women, and you were just waiting for them to take their clothes off. Entirely, the whole time, I'm like, 
I was just like, that's a, it's a flaw. I mean, nobody's perfect, not even the people who made this movie, you know. Oh man, it was way more titillating though to have a to have a like a dominatrix style mafia boss, mm. one woman who was just <laughs> awesome at um awesome at karate. Um, who was yeah. if if pushed? I mean, I'd say she was my she was my favorite, the sister who uh, got some real good kicks in. <laughs> nice. All right, well, we're on to our top six challenge. This is our our trivia quiz here. Um, I decided what we're going to do our teams. Uh, so Stephen. Yep. You and Lee are going to have to choose the final answer uh, for the questions I give. I just I just want to really apologize now that Stephen is going to... Stephen's got this. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, little, okay. little competitive push here. I have no yeah. competitiveness inside me. I, I, I'm relaxed. I'm drinking a glass of red wine. and If we win, that's great. <laughs> and if you guys win, I'm, I'm happy for you. But, but bring it on. Yeah, I mean, if you guys win, I'm going to find both of you and shake your hands. <laughs> I will find you. If so. you guys win, I think Lee is probably going to tear off your penis. And hands. Yeah, he's going to find us, but and he won't be smell my hand. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to say, "How many things can I get in my mouth?" <laughs> we'll find out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, so it's you guys. Uh, the polls are up first. Uh, that's just the way Yay. we go here. Come on, Paul. Um, I have to say, I didn't plan this out, but um, this first question should be pretty damn easy. Um, and then the rest of them are all kind of, well, I, I think a mixed bag. I always talk too much. Here we go. If what, all of these are about Manchester United, I'm just going to leave. This <laughs> this quiz is about the gentleman who brought Sonny Chiba back into the minds of America, Mr. Quentin Tarantino. Ah. Okay. Ah. Yay. So, so number one, what was Quentin Tarantino's first screenplay? Oh, Christ. Ooh. Ooh, that's tough. And well, I, I can give you one small hint. Don't. Really no, they don't need hints. No, no, no. Right. Hold on, I am he, sure. He, he, who, whose question is this, by the way? That's theirs. Oh, this is Paul's. This is okay, the okay, Paul's. Can we steal? Because Stephen knows the answer. I know. I mean, well, are you counting his um his student film? Yeah, that's nope. what I was thinking of. Nope. Oh, well, then it's, well, and, uh, my, and, and, and I my, guess you could say that 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 is true. It was, you know, but that's student. So is work. it my best friend's birthday? So that would be the right answer, but in this case, that was converted over time into to true uh, romance. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, my be- my best friend's birthday didn't get a cinematic release. Right. Yeah, but I guess you know, <laughs> considering that it was based on that original script that he came up with, True Romance, and then True Romance, of course, was the the movie that uh, he first started showcasing his yeah. love of Sonny Chiba by showing the Street Fighter oh, trilogy. Yeah, of going on in the theater yeah can so, i say great. something was it not from dusk till dawn i thought that was his first uh, screenplay that no, was no no, no. He that did... was post reservoir i think but it was re- released post reservoir but it was written beforehand it, he said yes. it was the first screenplay he ever sold yes um maybe it was the first he sold but he when he was in college or yeah when he was like at that james best school of theatrical doodads he uh wrote this um you know like cheesy little thing called my best friend's birthday and that was what eventually what became true romance this is according to the interwebs so there's there's <laughs> probably another right answer and he could come and say no when i was five years old i wrote you know no i take your issues but, but, with the internet but uh, <laughs> but, but from dust till dawn was a screenplay he wrote very young sold exactly. it for like a few hundred dollars and then tarted it up and gave it to robert rodriguez to hey, turn into the vampire Bushido movie. guys you you guys are not gonna get this point they got it I know. I'm, I'm not interested in the in the point. I'm interested <laughs> in making a point. In yep. fact, <laughs> sorry, sorry. All right. So on to you, Stephen and Lee. I see we're going to get this one wrong now. <laughs> Cinema Bushido Crew, Pulp Fiction's Vincent Vega was originally written for what actor? Stephen. Oh. No, I, I don't know the answer to that. Okay, I, I got an answer. This one. 
Can we? You guys can. Yeah, you guys can. Can Stephen? I think we should select Willem Dafoe just because he's awesome. That's my answer. My 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 answer probably would have been someone like Harvey Keitel, but I I don't. I don't. Oh yeah, go Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel is our answer. Is it? Yes. Well, I don't know the answer. I'm guessing. The answer was Michael Madsen. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Okay. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, so he wrote a number of roles in the film for the specific actors, including Samuel L. Jackson, Harvey Keitel, Tim Roth, and Amanda mm. Plummer. And he really wanted Vince, uh, Vincent Vega to be Michael Madsen. And some shit happened. Uh, he dropped out two weeks before they were finished because he wanted to be in Wyatt Earp. Good choice. Uh, okay. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. that went down in history. <laughs> yeah, so, so he ended up playing the other Vega brother in... Um... In Pulp hmm. Fiction, is that right? They gonna. I know that there was going to be a, a. There was a script written or something like that. It was called like the Double Vegas or something like that. And it was going to be Michael Madsen and, um, you know, Saturday Night Fever as Broski. Yeah, because so. they they're, yeah. they're meant they're meant to be brothers. So Michael Madsen is one Vega brother, and John Travolta yeah. is the other Vega brother. So I was thinking of Michael Madsen, but then I thought he can't play both brothers. Well, I think that was probably an after fact, right? Yeah, He's like, yeah. shit, Michael Madsen didn't get to do it, so now I still need to make him a Vega. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. All right, number three, this is for the polls. Mm-hmm. Michael Fassbender replaced a certain British actor in Inglorious Bastards because this guy also had to run off and he wanted to go play in some other shitty movie. Right. Okay, British actor. 2009. German-speaking? Uh, maybe. Well, yeah, because um, Fassbender's a native, isn't he? Uh, yeah. Oh, Christ. Hmm. Do you have any, any guesses, Paul? Uh, I'm, I'm feeling Hugh Grant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Good guesses. I was really <laughs> surprised at the answer. Um, before Michael Fassbender was cast to uh, lead Operation Kino, Tarantino wanted Simon Pegg to play oh, fuck, wow. I that. really and and peg had to drop out to shoot tintin that's that right. damn dirty scotsman <laughs> all right yeah. number four um yeah anybody want to say anything else about that no um, never no but i think that worked that. out that worked out well actually i think yeah very well for all I concerned can't see simon peg having that same sort of cold badass yeah. thing that michael fassbender brought to archie hillcock hickox I just can't even imagine Simon Pegg. That would have just told, completely pulled no. me out of the movie. I would have been like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Maybe they would have motion captured him. Maybe that, that's how they would have made him badass. <laughs> oh. It's amazing what he you Still is the now. character from Tintin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in that role. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, this next one, number four, is for the Cinema Bushido crew. Okay. Um, a friend of... Uh, Quentin Tarantino uh, directed parts of Pulp Fiction. In fact, it was the particular parts that Quentin was, you know, the actor. Do you know who that was? Um, Steven? Oh, God, you're putting so much pressure on me. Uh, you're not competitive. Don't feel that you're relaxed. No, I, I'm not. One. I'm just thinking, so it, it's it's early on in Tarantino's career. He's only made Reservoir Dogs. Um, Mr. Friend. Pink, that might as well be Mr. Just, Pussy. I'm, I'm going to guess that it's uh, Robert Rodriguez. Well, you've got it. Yes! Ah. Thank you, Stephen! Yeah. <laughs> that's why Yes! Yeah, and that's why, of course, um, QT uh, directed parts of... Uh, of yeah, Sin City. Yes. That's, what, that's why I was thinking of that, yeah. Yeah, so, that's oh, the exact logic. The whole thing, isn't it? They did it for a dollar. Right. Um, Tarantino paid Rodriguez one dollar to do it, and then they did the same thing um, with Sin City. That's yeah. right. 
<laughs> okay, number five is uh, for the pulse. Okay. QT played an Elvis impersonator in what 80s sitcom? Ooh. What sick? Oh, God. I know there's a whole bunch Wait, of... Wait, um, are the Pauls Elvis... old enough to remember the 80s? I might have no. Been I mean, we were born in I them. I was two. Born in them. <laughs> but, uh... um, wait, I, I do know that there was a whole bunch of um, Elvis impersonators Steven, in... Stephen, um... I know you know the answer, right? Do you know the answer? Just stop doing that. It's like you're the devil whispering in my ear. Just uh, is Satan. Uh, was it Married with Children? Uh, no, it was Ooh, the... That came out in the what, late 80s, right? Nah, 90s, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, I think it started in the 80s. What was the answer again, Matthew? They both did. It was the Golden Girls. Oh, right, okay. Oh, uh, we've yeah. never nope. seen that. Yeah, I have. That, you knew that answer, right? No. no. Ghost Out's a I wouldn't horrible have reference. Either. How dare you reference anything. the Golden Girls on Cinema Bushido? Hey, it just happened, baby. And an Elvis impersonator played by Quentin Tarantino, no less. There's nothing less action-packed than that. Okay, so final question here. Uh, right now we have a tie, so this could be the one that pushes oh, the Cinema Bushido <laughs> crew off. How many gallons of fake blood were used in the Kill Bill films? And I'm going to give you a multiple choice. Okay, yeah. Of A, 200. B, 450, C, 625, or D, 2,000 gallons of fake blood. What are you thinking, Stephen? I'm going to go with... Do you, do you want to... Should we discuss it, or what do you think, Lee? Yeah, because you always you automatically eliminate A and D, right? If there's anything that No Child Left Behind taught me, A and D My thought was right. C. And my thought, my was, thought the, was C, C too, because it's so, such a random number, it's not very even. Yeah, uh, but maybe that's maybe he's trying to throw us off by putting in the random number. Uh, no, I'm gonna, I would stick with C just because you and I both thought C was the appropriate answer. Okay, I feel like we're falling into a trap, but we're going with C. Nope, it's B. Fucking ah! <laughs> <Yes. laughs> <laughs> Over 450 gallons of fake blood Damn were you, used sir. in the two <laughs> Kill Bill films. Okay, but that means we have to do a tiebreaker. So, um, I've got to think about how to do this. Um, I, I'm just going to throw out the question and uh, everybody yells an answer. And I guess whoever we all feel like answered first is the winner. How about that? I'm oh, putting great. the mic right to my lips. <laughs> okay. So the sound travels quicker. <laughs> just so it'll be the la- No, so it'll be the loudest. Although it would be quicker. All of the clocks <laughs> in the pawn shop in Pulp Fiction are set to what time? I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. All of the clocks. That in is the, pawn the wrong shop. answer. <laughs> In yes, Pulp he's Shop. eliminated. In Pulp Fiction are set to what time? 6.15. 2.30. 3 a.m. 8.15. Ah, you're all wrong. It was, uh, uh, it, it was the marijuana reference. 4.20. 4 20. 4 20. Yes, I got it! Yeah! yeah! No, Boom! You didn't. you didn't. I live in Colorado, um, bro. Okay, this one is really hard. I had two tie-breaking questions. So this one's just wrong. This is just an evil oh, question. Oh, wait, I don't get what it. What is I Quentin Tarantino's it. middle name? Leslie. <laughs> It's Miguel. Um, Jane. Benton. <laughs> okay, I'm opening Lewin. it up. You can, at this point, you can use Google. and uh, oh, person oh shit. My browser's Wilson. so slow. Jenny. Robert. Jerome. Jerome. Yes. No. Yes. That doesn't count. That's bullshit. Oh. <laughs> I called 420. Okay. How's that for some Googling? Identify. Who, who answered? Me. 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 Yes, Stephen answered. Yes, he got it. Damn, I heard it. If only we weren't British. <laughs> I know that's the trouble. All I heard is Jerome I... spoken in a British accent. So who, who won? Who won the Google Sweet. race? It wasn't me. I... Okay, okay. Well, one good thing: you guys are the top six champions. 
Hey. So you've got the you've got the quickest Wi-Fi. That's really all you're celebrating. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. No, it's I mean, a hollow victory. It in really the end is. of the day, you guys, you guys all failed hardcore because you missed a ton of questions and you couldn't even get the tiebreaker. So you realise now you have to leave the country because Lee Lee has already left his house. He's he's got he's out in the storm. Picture him you. with the, the wind swept hair and the rain coming down, <laughs> just waving a mace about. <laughs> okay, full circle. Thanks again for One Good Thing and the Pauls for coming on. It was a ton of fun to have you on, and it was terrific to talk about such a badass movie. Uh, thank you. Thank you. It was a real pleasure. It was lovely being here. You can find them at, at OGTPod on Twitter. There'll be a link in our description of this episode and wherever they tell you to go in this awesome promo. Until next time. What's the worst film you've ever seen? What films would you never even watch with someone else's eyes just torn from their face? Like a- well, we say there's good in every film. One Good Thing tries to find the one good thing in otherwise terrible movies, like... Moments of genuine malice and family comedies. Paul McGann, at all times. Channing Tatum and his malformed, dog-like clones. Being one of the robots that doesn't reduce an entire ethnic group to a crude stereotype. Locking menstruating women in haunted Romanian basements. No sexism. Horrifying orphans at Christmas. Giving it your all even though you're being bullied by a man in a tent. A tolerable Adam Sandler performance that's not punch-drunk love. Which one is it? Being a comedy genius, no matter what Roger Ebert thinks. A soundtrack that hasn't realised that Chris Nolan left two films ago. Head explosions. An uncontrollably large group of mums. Not punching Kevin James. Christopher Walken whispering menacingly at a cat. Your food looking almost as good as the food from John Favreau's chef. The film is actually quite good. Seven seconds of passable action on a horse made of fire. One good thing. Because no film is truly worthless. Right? <laughs>